talking about jokes and cultural differences and reactions to them. Did I ever tell you about Mr. Penis? Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what? what? Uh, I, that's all we have time for today. I'm not sure. Explain to me in what culture this is okay. Well, this is, this is a story of, of, of Mr. Penis in Mexico. I see. Yeah, where I'm standing in front of a group of people in Would Mexico City. Senior Penis there? If you were making the mistake that I was making, yes. Well, you've seen one penis, you've seen them all. So there we go. So, so I'm making a presentation in Mexico City, and there's a fellow in the room. His name is is Mr. Pena. Okay. Okay, and my Spanish is lacking, and so Uh some people are commenting. Mr. Pena, Senor Pena, Uh is has. His hand is up. He wants to comment about something that I was speaking about. And I go, Senor Pene. Mm. Uh, The room completely falls apart. (laughs) Completely falls apart. And, of course, I'm beginning to figure out what maybe I said that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. And then once it dawns on me and I realize what had happened... Well, this was a perfect opportunity for self-deprecation. Right, okay. Right? Yep. Right? Yep. And, and so I, I, I made some sort of comment about the fact that uh, I've been trying to learn Spanish, but obviously not, not well enough. <laughs> and, and he was fine, you know, and, and everyone else was fine about it. But that, for me, was a, definitely a learning experience. Sure. Right? It, you know, it, it inevitably seems to happen in something along those lines where something gets mis, misspoken or something like that, and it's about an individual who's there. So often it's also, and I don't know anything about the poor gentleman, but um, maybe it was very appropriate, and that's why I got such a big laugh. Maybe, well, maybe it, There may have been many other reasons why why <laughs> why I got a laugh, but I As opposed kind of, to the junior high response, you know. I kind of figured out pretty quickly what had happened, right, you know, right. from the context of the room. Yeah. Could have been some of both, too. As, could we say as the, the, the root of the word, actually? Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. We'll let that lie right but, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. But language really does present this challenge and, and also an opportunity for, for humor that we may not have been aware of. Right. You know? and, if, and if the person isn't unaware of it, that may be problematic, but it could also be part of the humor. Uh, I remember one time I was in New York, actually, and um, doing uh, a presentation at a Dutch company. And there was a fellow there uh, with with who with a heavy Dutch accent, uh, and interestingly, you know, the traditional New York City accent um, of standing on the corner of toidy toid and toid, right, is actually uh, a derivative of the Dutch accent because early New- Dutch, co- early Dutch, right, uh, yeah, colony, and, and early Dutch colony. And uh, anyway, this fellow, being Dutch, was speaking English with a Dutch accent, and. One of the things that he commented on was that he had to learn in his work here in the States that the way things got interpreted was not necessarily the way he meant them. And one at one point he had made he was speaking with his colleagues, the Americans, and he said that he hated disorganization. 
And they were shocked to hear someone admit that he worked for the company and just come out and say he hated disorganization. Right. What he was saying was truly he hated disorganization. Right. Not this organization right. <laughs> with a Dutch accent. Yeah. And it would have been interesting to be able to interpret what he was saying, because if you became aware of one of the issues that Americans have with Dutch culture is that Dutch um, communication patterns are very direct to the point where if they say something that might cause offense in an American context, it's merely plain speaking. The intent was not to cause an, an offense, but the intent was simply to say what what needed to be said. Which is interesting that it, it's a it's a it it's makes problems in a culture such as the U.S. where we consider ourselves plain speaking. But we're not nearly as plain speaking no. as the Dutch. No. And if there was any plain speaking tradition in the U.S., it came from where the Dutch were mm. when they were here. Mm -hmm. It didn't come from the Midwest or certainly from the, from the American South. Right. So this tradition of, uh, of this phenomenon of, of plain speaking to the point of saying what needs to be said, even if it's unpleasant, um, got misunderstood through dialect where the Americans who learned about Dutch behavior assumed that he was saying something in a very plain speaking way, right. that he hated this organization. Well, quite bold of him. But in <laughs> fact, he wasn't. He was just speaking about the fact that he didn't like things when they weren't organized. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are the complexities of humor and language. Yes. Yes. And culture, because we're here talking about... Oops. Oops. Your, Your culture showing. I guess we all hate disorganization on some level, Dean Foster. <gasps> oh, okay. What? <laughs> no, I'm not saying I hate Dean Foster. Is that what you were taking out of that? Uh, yes. I would never say that on the air. <laughs> I, I see. Okay. Oh, hi, Dean. And, and I'm a highly organized person, so you couldn't... Oh, extremely organized. You couldn't hate that, yes. right? Well, uh, no. Is he looking at me now? <laughs> no. Okay, You're good. Okay. Thank you. And you are Tom Peterson. I Last I checked, that's what's stitched inside my underwear. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's uh, like I'm still going to camp in the summer or something. Oh, okay, okay. I'm 127 years old. I need to visualize Now this. I need to, so I can check the band <laughs> of my underwear to find out what my Thank name you. is. Thank you, Mr. Pena. <laughs> it's a different end of the uh, of the age bracket. Yes, <laughs> really. Excuse me? Um, or thank you. I'm not sure which. Uh, something in there. Anyway, for, for those of you So who, you're Tom Peterson. I am Tom Peterson. You're Dean Foster, and we've got Torin, our producer here. Hello, hello. And so good to have you in studio. We're all in thank studio. You. And, we're having um, a good time today, because yes. we're talking about humor and... And it's and fun. And joy. And joy. And, and, joy. and I'm interested in, in communal expressions of joy, I think, in particular, which obviously there's, there's you know, th th those can be same as individual expressions um but you know and and we talked about celebrations and festivals around death um particularly ones that are celebrating life I, i'm curious to know opposite, what, are, right? what are similarities and differences there right? yeah, and the interesting thing is that as we spoke about the funeral um celebrations are still celebrations even though we're, we're grieving about about somebody who's left us 
And then the opposite side of that coin is the wedding. That's what I think of, you know, and wedding celebrations around the world where we're celebrating the start of life and mm-hmm. and and the joy around that. So um, it's two sides of the same coin. Right? But is it, it? is it or is it just us turning to joy in a very similar way, but for different causes? I, I'm, I'm just wondering, I, I'd like to throw a premise out here for between humor and joy. I, I think that I and, and maybe almost between the the humanity overall and individual cultures is that I, it is my premise is that humanity has a shared sense of humor, but cultures tweak it to their particular uh, needs and wants. Right. Right. Now that may be what culture does with, with just about everything. everything, but I think it it may be a little more, um, or maybe not more, but it's certainly obvious with um, with with joy and and especially in humor. So we all have the same needs, more or less. We all have the same uh, goals, more or less. Uh, but how we achieve them is going to be different. And that's where culture comes in. Culture gives us different paths to achieving joy, to achieving, look, seven, uh, Maslow's, what is it? Seven mm, layers of needs, hierarchy of, needs, hierarchy of yeah. needs. Right. Right. So we all share, that's the universal aspect of us. Right. We all share those, those, those hierarchy of needs, but how we achieve them is culturally different. Okay. So, so let's achieve. If one of those needs is joy. Yeah. Happiness then that there are many paths to it. Sure. And different cultures emphasize different paths. Yes. But they all, it, is it true, and, and Dean Foster, is it true in your uh, expert cultural opinion that all cultures have some sense of moving toward joy and, and pathway toward joy? Or believe they do? Believe they do. Okay. Yes, I think it's. I think it is something. It's a. It's an aspect of, a universal aspect of humanity. And and it would it be true also to say that some cultures share that consistently and in an overall, and others splinter into different ways they do it, much like religion. Yeah, I think we all splinter. Yeah. I, I think they all do. Yes. Okay. Yes. Some more or less. Look, I mean, there is there are some that really celebrate this whole aspect of joy mm-hmm. much more profoundly. Like uh, B- Bhutan, for example, I think celebrates the fact that it, happiness, and they refer to it as happiness, not joy, but happiness, is a profound fundamental value in that country. And that um, the religious tradition, which is which is um, very very profoundly Buddhist, plays right into that idea that if if we follow the Buddhist ideas, it's going to lead us to a profound sense of happiness. And it the, the idea of happiness in Bhutan goes much deeper than just joy, um, or or just um, uh, happiness as we might know it. In the, in the U.S., it is profound happiness. It is aggressive and daily, and this should be a, a level of a, a, a way of living that everyone should have access to and be able to achieve. And it's 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 right there in your face everywhere in Bhutan. This is this is this issue of of happiness. 
Um, the Danish issue of uh, I, now my Danish is as bad as my Spanish, so I'll say uh, of Hugge, uh, uh, where one can live a contented life, not maybe happy, but but contented uh, with simple pleasures. Mm-hmm. I guess it could relate to the term simple pleasures. Um, so yeah, I think all cultures have some notion of happiness, but many cultures place a great emphasis on this and on their path to it. And uh, I think other cultures say uh, it's not that critical. It's a, it, And it's up to every individual to figure out their own way to do it. All right. How does that manifest itself? I'm, I'm curious to know in, I guess, it, to use your examples, in either Denmark or Bhutan then, would you say? I, I think, interestingly, there's a relationship between the the importance of happiness and the notion of individualism or communalism. And there seems to be a recognition uh, in countries that emphasize this idea of happiness profoundly that there's a recognition that the only way we're going to achieve this is if we achieve it communally. And in cultures that talk about happiness, like in the U.S., um, and again, in its day when it was encoded into the Declaration of Independence, that was a pretty revolutionary statement. Um, but in reality, as it's played out, uh, we're a very individualist culture. And I think um, the way to it is uh, left up to the each individual. And if they don't necessarily want to go there, they don't have to. Would you say, because I'm thinking here in the in the U.S., where, where we are um, recording this, you know, there are expressions of sort of communal joy with, as we referenced earlier, like weddings, right, or graduation ceremonies or things like that, um, that sort of come up, a, come up here and there, right, aren't necessarily part of daily life. Um, there's their special events, right? There's special events as opposed to, so I, I'm curious, are, things do, we do, do you see daily. more, um, are there more sort of like societal communal events like that in like Denmark or Bhutan, or are you talking more within the, like the family unit? I think I'm talking about how we relate with each other on a day-to-day basis, independent of getting married, having a wedding, having a funeral, independent of these special events. Based on our role in society, who we are and what we do, how we achieve a level of happiness, if it's important to the society or not, uh, on a daily basis. So independent of special events and and now, th- th- are there special events that celebrate different aspects of life in these cultures? Yes, definitely. Sure. Um, but I think there's an emphasis to this on a daily basis that doesn't exist necessarily in other places. And and so with special events, do you uh, is, is there more of a um, focus on? Is there more of an emphasis on bringing about joy or or expressing joy communally in those events? Would you say? I think so. Okay, I think so. Yeah, you know, like one of the the most joyous events I can think of is that I've ex- I've ever experienced, and I may be speaking subjectively. That is simply something for me that I that I was just overwhelmed by is you know carnival in in brazil oh okay right yeah. i mean that 
ostensibly it started as a religious holiday and was much more somber than it is today. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> it, it is it is celebration for celebration's sake. It is celebration <laughs> for being able to turn everything upside down and make believe whatever you want to make believe, uh, and that that should be celebrated. That's a sense of joy. That uh, yes, you know, and it's a remarkable experience. Um, and, and anybody who has the opportunity, I think, should definitely, um, you know, appreciate it because it is a celebration of joy. It's not celebrating something else that is joyous. Right. It's not celebrating something else that might bring you to joy. Mm -hmm. It is simply a celebration. And, and I know there's lots of religious connotations and there'll be individuals who will say, no, there are other pieces to it. But really, for the most part, for most participants, it's simply a celebration of joy. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes me think of um, Mardi Gras as well in New Orleans. That's right. Right, where you have, just, you have celebration on the street. And, exactly. And even generally, you know, so it's within the U.S., there, there are obviously quite a bit of cultural differences within the U.S., right? And so that's that seems like an example sort of, it's, to me anyway, akin to Carnival where you have just jazz in the streets and joy kind of overflowing in the streets, which that seems unique. Yeah. And, th and those celebrations are not, are, are in, in many different parts of the world that go along with that. There's carnival in some aspect in several different cultures. Well, the roots the of car the roots of carnival are, are pretty much the same, um, coming out of the Roman Catholic tradition right. and, and coming out of Lent. It's a celebration before we go into this very... The big uh, blast before you go into... period of sacrifice. Yes. But, um, and so it got enacted in different cultures in different ways. And um, in in Venice, in, in in we have the remains in Venice, the Carnival of Venice, um, of how Carnival was celebrated in Italian cultures in the past, um, and of course Mardi Gras and Carnival in Latin America, in Hispanic Latin America, but and and, and Portuguese Latin America mainly, mm. but. Um, so you have carnival in many different places celebrated differently. Um, I, I just can't think of any of them that are simply and merely independent of their roots. So such a celebration of joy. Sure. As, as the one in, in Rio. In a smaller sense. And Bahia. And Bahia, Brazil as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There is, there is a, in, in a, in a, I, I'm going to say in a smaller sense only in, the idea of the size of the celebration, but there we, you it triggered because you're talking about Mardi Gras and, and and Carnival and all coming at a time to to give a big last blast before you're going into into a period of sacrifice. In the Middle East, they go into a period of sacrifice, and they, if I'm not mistaken, and and Torin, you spent two years in the Middle East living there, and and um, but the the. They have a big blast of sorts before they go into it, right? And then another as they come out. After, so there's there's is all after. Yeah, so uh, there's okay. there's um. So you're, I think you're referring to Ramadan. Yes, yes Ramadan. So yes. there's a month of fasting and withholding in other ways as well. Um, and then yes, at the end is the Eid al-Fitr, which you're breaking the fast. Break fast. And so the yes. Eid is festival. So it's a festival where you all come together and break the fast, and it's very very joyous because mm -hmm. we did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's an interesting relationship in the words, you know, festival, fet. 
um, holiday, holy day. Yes. There's that, that, that connects the, the, the roots of many of the things that the celebrations of joy that we do today, which in many cases are just very um, secular, that we, we've lost the religious traditions that they came from. But they did all come from these religious traditions, and Ramadan is still a religious holiday. And the, the, the festival or the feast, because the word festival comes from feast, usually happens right before a period of sacrifice or a period after sacrifice. So um, there is this really very strong connection to religious roots in, for all festivals that seem to have a joyous element to them. That, that is interesting, too, in terms of the universality, right? Where it's, um, right, as you're saying, we anticipate a sacrifice or we've accomplished that sacrifice together. Um, that seems very human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very human. <laughs> to me, it seems sort of like that... In the celebration of the cultures, which is what the podcast is is about, we're celebrating the differences in the cultures, not not pointing fingers at differences in cultures, and at the same time should also be looking at, um, and the, and I to me the world should be looking at the things we share as as humans, and we don't do enough of that. We we look more at a, well, this is what I do kind of aspect. Uh, hold on, I got to get that off my soapbox. Hang on a second here. <laughs> Okay. We already you, kicked you off. Oh, I'm thank you. I'm surprised you were able to take the mic up with you. That was yeah, impressive. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got, a, got a long cord on it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, it was, um, I, I still think that, because there are so many things. I mean, you take, you go back to the to the religious roots of, of this, but the roots of the religious aspect of these, many of these things, go back to celebrations long before religion was a formal aspect in humankind. And and it was going back to the pagans and 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 be even beyond them to celebrations because it is the it, it's the shortest day of the year uh, you're losing the sun and so now we're not going to have it for six months so we got to do stuff and kind of celebrate and it's very dark right now so let's lighten the place up as much as we can and do things to get us through this. And when does that come? Oh, I don't know. It comes like at the end of what is now our calendar says, the end of November through uh, much of the early part of the new year. Right. When it's cold. And so yeah. you need, some, need some, to infuse some joy in there. Kind of a human <laughs> reaction trying to find joy out of what isn't very fun anymore. And then in and doing the opposite the other direction as well. Celebrating in the middle of all of it all when you've got uh, these wonderful days of, of warmth and sunshine. And and so on. Whether that's in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere, you're going to find ancient cultures of a sort, um, even just tribal cultures, who we're we're doing those things, and we've kind of grabbed them and run with them in some form. It's why we have an Easter bunny, um, huh? Who lays who lays chocolate eggs? Chocolate eggs. Hey, if you're going to lay eggs, chocolate ones are pretty Well, good. are we looking for logic here? Because if the, no, no, then don't turn to religion. We skated out of logic a while ago. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you know, is the source, is the reason for it all uh, to create Intrinsically joy? human response to joy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And to celebrating either the end or 
the beginning of a period of sacrifice so that we can get either either squeeze the last bit of joy out of the moment or anticipate uh, celebrate the fact that we've been victorious in some form or another or yes and make the food last that we grew sh- killed uh harvested whatever we did to it to gather it now we know at some point we're going to have less food and it's going to dwindle down to a few and then they will get start to get more again and but for now we got to make some sort of joyful thing so that we can celebrate until we have to go through all of this kind of sounds like the other stuff we're talking about yeah and and you know feasting also feast festival holiday yeah the, the feasting aspect of this prior to a period of sacrifice was also one where it enabled you to literally fatten up to see yourself through a period that was going to be slim right and and so there was even a biological um, rationale to having the the feast, and then of course the feast was an opportunity for communal celebration. Right in the time period that we're doing this podcast, we are in the holidays of in the United States, the holidays of Thanksgiving, and of uh, and then ahead of us is is uh, varieties of holidays that will be coming up with with Hanukkah and um, and Christmas and New Year's and so on. I just wanted to add, this made me think in terms of, you know, the, the title Thanksgiving, giving thanks, um, you know, big part of an expre- a big expression of joy can be expressing gratitude and receiving gratitude. So in terms of birthdays, something I just thought of, and I don't remember if I, I may have mentioned this before, I don't. If I have, oh well, but I'm mentioning again. Um, in terms we never, of, we never repeat information. No, we never ever no, repeat anything. No. <laughs> in terms of differences in how birthdays are celebrated, um, birthdays overall always, I always struggle a little bit with the celebration of of birthdays, just in terms of you were born, congratulations, right? In terms of celebrations of life, um, and here in the U.S., you know, it is. You know, the expectation is that others will celebrate your life on your birthday, right? Um, we talked about Jordan, Mike. So we talked about me living in the Middle East. I lived in Jordan specifically for two years with the Peace Corps. And um, in Jordan, it's the it's the inverse. In Jordan, rather than expecting others to celebrate you, you celebrate others. And that, I think, is more common, actually, than... Okay. Uh, th- in more common in other cultures around the world, is yes, that what you're that, saying? Yes, then, yeah. then, then for you to be the one celebrating... For them to be celebrating you, you yeah. celebrate for on, everyone else. I love I loved, that felt much more comfortable for me. On mm-hmm. your birthday. You uh-huh. So okay. on my birthday, I would for so and this is what everyone in my I worked in a school, I was teaching. And so every teacher, when it was their birthday, they would come into school with chocolates and they would have they made sure they have enough they had enough chocolates for everyone. They would go all around and pass out the chocolates and uh, so I I did that as well. And yeah, the, I I I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, and and in fact, it one of the issues that that sometimes comes up when Americans are working in continental Europe is that they they're surprised that when you go into the office in Europe and it's your birthday, you're expected to then provide treats for everybody in celebration of your birthday. That makes a whole lot of sense, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it I think doesn't so. it? Or well, I think I, I think any of it makes sense. Right, it's it is, just it, the cultural context in which it occurs. Right. Sure. Because sure. yeah, right. At first it was like, oh, huh. and then right. The more the more I thought about it, and just 
you know, spend time. Like, I actually, <laughs> I would like to bring that back to the U.S. But, and, but it doesn't our, really, I don't, yeah, it didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> it, it didn't happen here. Maybe it didn't happen here because we were a revolutionary society. And so anything that was European, i.e., you know, British, but still European was rejected. And so they did the opposite. Maybe that, that is a path that, that, that's occurred, you know, for so many other things in the U.S. That'd be interesting to track it and see. But your comment about birthdays and celebrations, birthdays as a celebration of life, um, even that varies culture by culture. You know, how we celebrate the birthdays are, are completely different. I think of many Asian cultures, Korea, I think, is one of them, uh, Japan, others, where the tradition, although they've taken a lot of Western traditions now, but the tradition was you don't count somebody as being born until they're, um, I think, their fifth birthday because so many children would die in the past. They never made it. In many African cultures, we're, we're not tracking birthdays until it's obvious that you will survive, right? And and birthday, and that counts as your first birthday or in some other cultures, it's after you've lived the first year, not it's at the beginning of the first year, right? So... Um, and then, and then you stop counting, I think, traditionally in Korea, when someone reaches the age of 65. Th th then they don't count birthdays after that. Now, this is traditional, of course, and it's changed dramatically since then. But it's still an older tradition in, in Korea. I wonder if that also reflects itself into the reason why, for instance, the, the after one year, it, in, in Western cultures anyway, or at least in the United States, we celebrate the first birthday as a celebration of having survived the year. Uh, you know, as because we're not talking about just being alive, but we, although in essence, I guess we are, but we do it. You've already, whatever number you've got, you've already lived those numbers of years. And so, but to what you were just saying, the idea, because in the United States, a lot of children. You know, 100 years ago, a lot of children were still dying. And, and in many cultures on. around the world, that's still the case. Still the case. And so you kind of look at it, either delaying it like you're talking about, or, or at least delaying it that first year, which is a very tenuous one, especially in without the, a lot of the medical advances that have taken place in the last 100 years. So it's a, I, it, it kind of makes it a little more sense, because I've heard people speak in this country about well, you know, you've actually lived that long and blah, 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 like it's a mathematical error or something that we're, it's not, you're not really that old. It's because you've already lived that long. Okay. Yeah, we got it. I understood that right from the beginning, but still that, that does kind of answer that. It says, yeah, well, this is why we track it this way, because if you don't, then it was sort of easier, I, I guess, easy. Is that the answer? Is this joyous? I mean, <laughs> I think it. I think it is. We're celebrating life, right? Do you mean this conversation or? <laughs> or yeah, the all of the above. Oh, okay, all of the above. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think. It, well, and I think it leads us to another subject, which we can we can discuss in a future podcast, and and which takes us opens up the door, I believe, to kind of as you were addressing uh, age and and birthdays in 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 the Asian countries. The um, the treatment of the elder uh, members of society as opposed to younger, as opposed to the Western, as and, opposed to the mistreatment of elders. Exactly in right. Society. And and we're I think we're coming into a time period, and I'm looking at it in in Western, uh, in basically Europe and the United States and in those areas, but also Australia and other areas along those lines, where um, 
where the youth are celebrated so much. And not that the youth won't be celebrated because they could will continue to be. But I think we're looking at a point where it might start to tip the balance a little bit in in appreciation of um, the older generations for a major reason because of the baby boom that happened after World War II. And there's so many of us who were born in that time period. Oh, well, that well, you're we, speaking for yourself. I am speaking for myself. Oh, okay. Because um, I do happen to fall into that age bracket. I know everybody else in this room is much younger than me, but <laughs> but um, it's a but but I think it's something that and, we can, and so much more honest than you too. Much more honest <laughs> when when in, in, what I'm saying is in a future podcast I think we can maybe get into the idea that is this a culturally transitional moment? Also, we talked about some in these in our last two podcasts on joy and humor. I think we've talked about some transitions of those types of things. And and maybe we can look into the transition of this. Is this coming? Well, there's one of those profound questions that all these podcasts raise all the time, which is how do cultures change? Nah. And do they change? And is there are we living in a change moment? Mm-hmm. I um yeah, let's talk about that. We will. We will. And and you know why the main reason is that we're we're well before we even get to that. Uh, thank you, Torrin. And Dean Foster, thank you for your wisdom. I'm Tom Peterson. And I'm Dean Foster. And uh, you know what? Oops. Your Your culture's showing. Smell ya. Okay, listen. The way to get hold of us is oopscultureshow at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is Oops Culture Show. Whether this is the first episode or the third episode or whatever episode that you've listened to, you should really subscribe. That's the best way to go, really, honestly. I know what I'm talking about. All right, so just subscribe through iTunes or through wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe. Thank you.